The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome back to Redside Trent here to discuss the 2-2 defeat to Luton Town. I say defeat as that's what it felt like as we walked away from the city ground yesterday. Joining me to discuss the game are the usual suspects in Lee Clark, Christian Brown and Reese Lane. Lee, one change, see, well, saw us. Uh, Anthony Langer replaced Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's been reported a six-week injury now, uh, which we'll get to later. What did you make of the side and lack of attack, attacking options on the bench? Yeah, I think um, for the first time in a few, well, I think probably for the first time this season, the bench looked pretty weak, uh, certainly in an attacking sense. Um, I still thought the 11 was pretty decent and I was overjoyed that Serge Aurier was in. Um, again, I'm sure we'll perhaps come on to that maybe not being the right choice that I had when I saw the team a bit later. But uh, yeah, the, the team looked more than uh, good enough. It looked as strong as it possibly could be, I guess, with uh, Hudson-Odoi and Origi not being available. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really, again, I, I don't want to sound um, arrogant because you can never, uh, you know, I mean, yesterday proved that you can never judge any game in this league. But uh, yeah, I thought we'd have more than enough to to win that football match looking at the starting eleven. Yeah. Um, Christian, the first half seemed to be more of a matter of when we would score rather than if. Uh, and chances seemed to fall all to Chris Wood yesterday and then the, the guilt edge one for, for himself and, and Sangare. How, how disappointed were you not going in at half-time, at least a goal or if not two up, to be honest? Oh, incredibly. Like we said before, like you need to be so clinical in this division you need to take your chances when they come and while obviously we were a much stronger team especially in the first half than this and you still got to put the ball in the back of the net and it 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 had sort of like the hallmarks of it being one of those days at times like especially the header that would put over I mean there was a guy in front of me who was like if that was if we had Tyler on the pitch we'd probably be three up by half time 
and it was pretty hard to disagree with him, really. But um, yeah, no, you, you always wonder, don't you? I mean, I know it doesn't matter whether you're favourites or not. Like, if you don't take your chances, and is it going to come back and haunt you? And lo and behold, it did eventually. But yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was more frustration. We knew. I said before, like in the preview, I felt there would be time to be frustrated by losing. I felt that you know I, I obviously predicted only a narrow one 0 win, and no, I thought it'd be a case of like you know us just not fully being at it, us not fully firing, and them not them sort of sucking us down to their level, if you like. And um, yeah, after the first half, it sort of looked like that might well be on the cards. But yeah, it was um, it was just galling, really. Like, you know, obviously, I, I've noticed that a match that they didn't actually show the Sangare miss. So I wonder if Gibbs White maybe was offsides in the build-up for that because I don't know why else they'd admit open goal miss from six yards out. I mean, that was unbelievable. Any professional footballer worth his salt would be putting that ball away with their eyes closed. So to see a £30 million signing flash that one past the post was a little concerning. But that's not what we signed to do ultimately. But yeah, I was quite surprised that that didn't necessarily back the net, even if AR might have interrupted it. But um, yeah, we were a bit profligate the first half, especially. Yeah. Reese, I know we dominated the first half, but was you a little frustrated with Gibbs White playing out wide on the right because most of our attacking play seemed to go down Anthony Alanga's side, who I actually thought was was had a really good game and we'll get more onto him. But it does kind of hamper us with Serge Aurier not really like bombing past him too often, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's more of getting it from the midfield to the attack, like Gibbs White is that link into from the midfield to the attack. Um, because the three guys who we've got in the middle at the minute are all really good players and we all really like them on this pod but none are really I'd say out and out attackive or or you'd look at any of them and think yeah they're going to provide an assist or they're going to play a ball what's going to cut through the defence and put somebody in so yeah it is wasted on the wing for me Gibbs White I thought he was completely isolated at times and you know um, the only one really was that cross wanted towards the end of the half where Wood headed over was the only kind of um, chance from the wing what he got to create but we just missed him getting on the ball in the middle of the park and driving at Luton really and yeah with, with the attacking options we've got at the minute it is kind of like square pegs in round holes kind of thing want it and um, as we saw by the the first goal for us Gibbs White was centre he wanted for that and we, we, we get Woodford on goal and he scores so I think that is something that does need to be addressed. Um, but it's tough. It's going to be tough for Steve at the minute, isn't it? Because we're a bit threadbare up front. Yeah, definitely. Lee, on, on just more on that goal, it's it was a nice bit of play. Like like Reese says, Gibbs White picks the ball up in the middle and actually him and Elanga combine quite nicely to put Wood through. And it was quite a decent finish for, for him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um yeah, it would like I say. I mean, it was one of those goals that when we score it, you kind of say, right, that's how easy it is. It should really be two, three. It should be a procession at that point. Um, again, that's not me. Be there'll, there'll be other sides better than us that. Well, there'll be better, there'll be sides worse than us that probably score first against Luton on home soil and think that's the case. They'll see them as the side that they'll have lots of heart, lots of spirit, but concede a goal. Um, especially when it was just after half time. I always think if you're going to score the first goal, it's got to come before um, half-time or just after. Um, it, you know, it basically just rolls his team talk into the bin. 
Um, so yeah, it was it it seemed like one of those situations where more would follow. Um, but yeah, I never I I mean I don't want to be like a told you so because he has had his his problems at Forest, but I ne- I didn't think he'd miss. I just think it, Woods one of them players. He's looked confident all season to be fair. Um, and, and even though he'd missed sort of chances that you'd expect to be meet and drink for him, um, I just thought in that situation he'd 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 score. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was good to see. It was good to see him. I always I always like a player that proves people wrong, and I think Woody's doing that. He's proving that if you can get him in between those posts, he 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 will occasionally chip in with goals. I think. Yeah, definitely, Christian. Um, Luton made a host of changes, bringing on the likes of Andros Townsend and and Ross Barkley on to kind of change it, get their fortunes going a little bit more. But I mean, I thought the second might have deflated them a little bit more, but you got to talk us through that goal because that's probably Chris Wood's hardest chance and he, and he made it look like meat and drink. He's got the touch of Lewis Graven about him, isn't he, in the sense that he'll take the harder chances but miss the easier ones, I think, <laughs> Chris Woods. And um, I mean, that, that was an absolutely fantastic header. Like, he, it was like sandwiched in between. It was a good cross for Langer as well. But... Um, no, he's, he's just like you sort of look at it and think, "Hang on, you've missed two good chances from like eight, nine yards out in front of goal as well, where you think a centre forward would be pretty happy to get the ball, and yet on the penalty spot, not further back, you just planted that one past the keeper." But guy, no, I mean, fair play the guy. It, it was likely said, I think that he's looked a lot leaner, a lot fitter, a lot more, much more. Like, I don't know whether last season he was maybe a bit undercooked, only playing like off the bench loosely for Newcastle, or whatever else. He looked unfit last season, and um, obviously most of our fans weren't very complimentary about his performances. In some cases, understandably so, and others a bit OTT. But he certainly looks like he means business this season, at least. And you know, I think like, like I said, all we can do is hope for competition for the time. I mean, if you look at Chris Wood, if you said to me before the start of the season he'd score between five and seven goals. We'd probably be like, you know what, we take that from backup striker. Pretty happy with that, although. So the fact that he's already on free, you know, you take it, yeah, it's pretty good. And realistically, like, you know, I think at one point, uh, again, the guy in front of me said, had we once seen that game out at 2 0, we'd have, Chris Wood's goals would have been responsible for six points because he'd have scored the winning goal against Sheffield United and two yesterday as well. So, but no, going back to the goal, it, I think I saw someone say, which a bit annoying after the game. It was like, oh, you know, we missed Brennan Johnson yesterday. I was like, well, did we? And Langham got two assists yesterday. So, you know, if you're saying we missed a winger, we've, we've literally got a winger out there who's provided two assists and had their fullback on toast the whole game. So where did we miss Brennan Johnson yesterday? I thought it was a bit, a bit of a silly argument, really. But no, the, the ball from Langham was absolutely brilliant. Like, I think that's something that, obviously, if you're going to compare him with Johnson, Johnson never really crossed it from deep or by the bar line. He'd normally go to you know the goal line and cut it back if he's going to get an assist. Um, so it was quite ref- like not refreshing as such, but it was good to just play to wood strengths. I think that was quite important too because we were doing that. We were getting balls into the box and he was like, getting on the end of them for right or wrong reasons. But no, it's a brilliant ball for Langer in. Um, again, like Gibbs White sort of putting the strings like the pass before the pass if you like. And again, one that he sort of looked to sort of roam inwards a little bit for. So yeah, very good header, very good cross, and really at that point we should have been home and hosed. But alas, this is not in the forest we're talking about. So yeah, well, I know lots of people have criticism for Morgan Gibbs White, but I think in the last few games he's been always the pass before that leads to the assist of the goal, and people seem to kind of ignore that because he hasn't got the actual assist, the, the number in the assist column. It kind of takes away from his performance. But like I say, like Reese mentioned, he's. Round, round peg in a square hole sort of thing. So it's one of them. But Reese, we're going to get on to 
this is where the disaster kind of <laughs> starts to collapse on it because 2-0, Steve Cooper decides immediately to play take Ibrahim Sangare off Nicholas Dominguez and Willy Bolly off for uh, Cheko Kiati, Ryan Yates and Joe Worrell. And this seemed to be obviously the big talking point for yesterday's collapse and the first goal where Morgan Gibbs-White gives away a free kick and then... I'd, You've, I mean, you try and talk us through that Serge Aurier disaster class of, of a decision. What I don't know what he was doing. I still can't make it out. And I've watched it about 10 times. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll, st- <laughs> we'll start with the subs because that's what everyone's talking about. And um, the subs did seem to me like was three or four goals up and the game was over. Now, you know, at 2-0, it's... Uh, Whoever you're playing against, it is an iffy scoreline because they get one goal out of nowhere, which Luton did. They're back in the game and it gives them some impetus. Um, and I didn't like the subs at all. I just thought they was very negative. I got the Sangare sub because he was on a yellow. Um, and there was a couple of times where I think it was Alfie Darty literally left him for dead pace-wise in that middle. So, if you know, if he did that and Sangare did a little tug back and gets a cheap second yellow, I could understand that. And probably bringing Ryan Yates on for Sangare, but Kiate on for Dominguez. Dominguez was the one of our midfielder who was pushing us up the pitch yesterday centrally. So to bring on Kiate, who has hardly played, doesn't really offer much for me personally. I think he's someone I think who's out of contract at the end of the season, and probably leaving at the end of the season. And also swapping Willy Bolly, who you know they brought on Adibayo, who's a big guy. Taking off Willie Bolly, who loves to tussle into strong as an ox, Willie Bolly. And I'm glad Colin Frey asked Cooper on the um, Radio Nottingham after the game because about the subs, and it was probably the first time I've not agreed with, with Steve. Um, he, he was kind of saying that, you know, pretty much Bolly had kind of asked to come off, and because of, you know, the international thing, well, you know, with respect, the guy's not played a minute for Ivory Coast. Now, I've looked at the time difference here. They're an hour behind us, so you you couldn't really say there's much trouble in terms of the time difference or anything. And it's it's a nine and a half hour flight back to the UK, which I'm sure is in, not on easy jet. I'm sure it'll be on a nice, comfortable private jet. So, like I said on Twitter earlier, if the game's 1-0, Willy Bolly doesn't come off, he plays a full 90. So, I just think really Steve got it wrong on this occasion and it does happen in football it's just it's it was vastly frustrating I think it was very complacent and all the five subs that come up yet on yesterday none of them looked up to the speed of the game and Luton to be fair to him they took complete advantage of that because we sat back and the only way they was going to score with was a ball into the box which got a knockdown and both goals come from that way and both goals from mistakes. I mean, I'll talk about the first because you asked me. I've no idea what Sergio Ray is doing. I really did. I mean, that is the most clear and obvious John Smith's have it into the upper tier of Brian Clough I've ever seen. And you know, I think Mike Richards saying on match of the day that he, he may have slipped. Not for me. I just think I just think he's tried to head that and it's it's a bit too low to well far too low to head it and it's pinged off, I think, somebody in the box and it fell to him. Was it Ogbeno who scored yeah, the first yeah, goal? And then, you know, with the added time you get as well nowadays, it's given them, what was it, probably nearly 20 minutes to get an equaliser. So, yeah, it, it was his own downfall yesterday and I think the subs and you know, the substitutions from the manager were complacent and it crept into performance and it's why we didn't win the game, personally. I mean... 
What makes me laugh is Andros Townsend took over set piece duty and he put in the worst ball of the day. And I thought if Doherty actually probably took it, he'd yeah. probably put in a half I mean, decent it, ball and we'd have probably had it we'd probably had it away. But it's meant to be a ball into the box, one ten. It did it bounce outside the box. It bounced I mean, before Aurier tried the ball to head was. it. Yeah. It went over him because he mistimed it so so badly. It, that, and he could have just kicked it away. Honestly, if we if we'd have probably just gone for the you know, like I said, because Sangai was on a booking. If we'd have brought Yates on, um, probably like a straight swap, kept everything else the same, I generally think we'd have won that game 2-0 yesterday. And we, we would have kept the same tactics of not sitting back because we sat back straight away. And it it really frustrated me because we were in cruise control of that game yesterday. And that they they needed a lifeline looting of some sort to think, oh, can we get back into this game? And we chucked it in by allowing them to just chuck the ball into the box. And you know what yeah. it's like? We, we see it, don't we, down the pyramid. It gets to the last minute. What do you do? You lob the ball into the box in the hope something bounces for you. And and to be fair to Luton, it did yesterday. And fair play to him on that sense. Yeah. So, Lee, Luton obviously smelt blood. And then we couldn't hang on. And uh, Joe Worrell's tried to have a, a fight with a bloke who's about two foot taller than him, if you look at it, in, in Adebayo. And he's just absolutely bullied him. But... Is there also criticism for Alaina not covering around the back or Matt Turner not closing the angle down? Or, or how do you see it? Because a lot of it is going to be solely blamed on Joe for getting in a tussle that he weren't going to win. I'm a bit disappointed you're giving me this goal to analyse, to be fair. Um, yeah, I suppose I suppose Aina's got to take a very small portion of, of the blame. Um I think Micah Richards, he's played a decent level as a fullback, quite rightly. If you see your centre-half going up in a 1v1 situation there, you've got to cover the space between that happening and the goal. Uh, and he didn't do that. Um, I actually think, I don't know if this will sound a bit harsh, I'm not actually sure what Turner's doing either. Um, by that, I mean, as soon as it drops to Adebayo, the only way, the only way, the only place he can possibly really shoot and get that on target is at the near post. And I just don't really understand why he didn't kind of go all or nothing and throw himself. I don't know if it's taken him by surprise, but I don't know. I just think maybe he's not played with Worrell enough to know that Worrell with a target man, well, it's his kryptonite, isn't it? Um, it, it is. I mean, it, it's it's just one of those things. I just, I don't really understand. Um, what he's doing. I, I didn't really understand the logic in putting Worrell on in the first place. Um, I, ma I made the point after the game that Niakate was the sub. If, if Niakate is not fit enough for 10 minutes, he shouldn't be on the bench. Um, give the place to a kid if he's not fit enough for 10 minutes. Um, I, I got I got the response of, oh, Niakate's left-footed. Right, so, uh, uh, you know, an elite, an elite Premier League footballer can't come on for 10 minutes and play on the right-hand side. Come on, do me a favour. Um we put Worrell on because we wanted the homegrown lads to see the game out. Him being one of them, club captain, he, he should have been the sort of person that should have seen that game out. But Steve Cooper must know what Joe Worrell is like with target men. Um, and it just it just made no sense whatsoever to me. Um, yeah, it was, just a, it was just a terrible, terrible error. He's not, like I say, he's not, um, he's not on his own with criticism. Aina should have covered the space between him and the goal. Um, and I, I felt Turner could have done maybe a little bit better. But perhaps given the, the proximity of it happening, perhaps that is a little bit harsh. But yeah, I mean, it's not it's not digging a player out when, you, when you're when criticising him. Steve Cooper said it was poor. 
in not so many words. Chris Wood said that we've got to defend better. That, that's his own teammate. He might sit next to him in the dressing room. Yet when we do it as paying supporters, apparently we're digging, play, digging the same players out all the time. It's complete and utter tosh because we're not allowed to use other words on this podcast anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, is, it was really poor. It's an error. And I think Reese has just alluded to it as well. I thought all five of the players that came on looked really, really, really rusty. And they're going to do because they've not played for a while. Um, which I think makes the whole situation of making... for Why did we make five subs? Why did we have to make five subs? I don't really get it. And this is I think this is part of the problem with letting managers make five subs. It's great when you have got fatigue and you're Man City and you're five or six nil up. Yeah, make five. Brilliant. But when you're two nil up in a game that... You look at the fixtures at this level and you know we need to win that game. We've made five for this. We made three for the sake of making them. I agree with Reese. The one sub that we all said it sat there yesterday, Sangare looks a bit a bit knackered. He's on a booking. Take him off for eight. That that would have been the only sub I'd have made yesterday. Um, and, and again, I agree with Reese as well. If that game's one nil, Bolly plays ninety minutes. Simple as. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded Aina coming on for Ore because I did think he was a bit. Mm. <laughs> he, he, he had a, he had a poor game, but I, I had the same argument that you you brought up Lee with with my mate in a WhatsApp group about Niakati coming on. Like Joe Warrell's played left centre half plenty of times. There was a partnership he had with Bolly last season where he was playing left centre half. You telling me? It's okay for a right footer to play left centre half, yeah, but not it's, 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 it is madness. So that that for me that argument is is completely irrelevant. But yeah, I, I think so much blame has to go on Cooper's game management there in a, in a sense. And it's not the first time; it probably won't be the last. But it's just a matter of how long does the owners kind of take it for? That's that's the 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 thing that will be lingering over his head as such a, in, in all honesty. I've got a question about it later on, so uh, we'll do that after some slept on it thoughts. Red side of the Trent. <laughs> slept on it thoughts. Keith Hancock's pissed off levels nearing Brentford. This was a shambles from top to bottom. Players that can't score simple chances to a boss who makes inexcusable cha- changes and justifies it with inexcusable excuses. This was a poor show. The time for inexcusable to coming to an end. Uh, Gary Baldy, not that's four games against opposition that are either newly promoted or ravaged by injury, and we have drawn them all. Easily could have lost uh, in two of them, and with three of the games being at home, if we don't start doing better, then we are bang in a relegation fight. Really poor. Red Tricky Tree woke up and kicked the cat. Poor finishing, should have scored six. Poor petulant tackle from Morgan Gibbs White that led to the free kick that they scored from. Worst free kick ever taken, by the way. Poor subs, poor excuses, poor crowd. Let of let off the hook by uh, BBC Radio Nottingham. Only plus was Mangala was great. David Bullen, the results not aligning to Maranaka's expectations. If we don't take points in the next three games, Cooper is in big trouble, in my opinion. In post-match, he looked uncomfortable. Three subs changed the game, regardless of who he brought on. Three winnable games at home, three points, poor. Uh, BCP, Cooper at fault with unnecessary and, sorry to say, below average subs. As well as developing the team, he needs to develop himself as a tactician at this level. Very disappointing. Uh, Jan Stab, uh, good players aren't better than the rest. They're just good consistently. Worrell, I'm afraid, is not good consistently. One mistake for him too far today, I'm afraid. Uh, Reese Coy tells you everything that when a strong contingent of last season's players who featured in our bottle job results finish on the pitch first today, without three of our key signings from the season on the pitch, two captains at fault for the goals, serious rethink needed. 
Grant Fellows really solid up until the 80th minute. Two good goals from Ward with Alanga assisted, never looked in danger. Then the changes came and we dropped uh, 20 yards deeper and blew it. No idea why Bolly came off unless he was injured, but he looked okay and would have dealt with that cross. Uh, and last but no means least, because we've got so, so many. Uh, Danilo, uh, always been 100% behind Steve Cooper, but the blame for our worst result in the Premier League is solely on him. He's done so much for this club, though he deserves to be given time to learn from his mistakes. But if he can't, then the Cooper out club may get a new member. So, I mean, I think there's a, a bit of a theme there, guys. Um, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I do have a question before we get into some player performance. Did that last one say worst result in the Premier League? Yeah, I mean that's, yeah, it's I a, that's it's a bit, bit over the top. <laughs> it's a bit over the top, and I think it's I think it's it's ninety one will have come outside of that yeah. one. Like, it's a more of a knee jerk re- reaction in, in a sense, and I can kind of I get like the frustrations of it all. And I mean, I mean before was... we before we started this part, I said the only positive was in the end we actually didn't lose it because at one point I thought we bloody was going to do so. I mean, I think yeah. if the game had gone another ten minutes, it was definitely like, possible. Like, like I said to you guys, that wouldn't say got level. They sat back, and I think if they actually, cause let's be honest, it was a brilliant point for them. I think if they maybe gone for the jugular a little bit, they might have got a bit more. Well, it was quite funny because we, we didn't even mention it, but we almost nicked it with a wood hat trick, didn't we? And he was yeah, like, offside. Which was another finish. great finish. It was, um, <laughs> I think, it was Leo spoke about wood, wasn't it? Which he seemed to score the harder chances and the. The sitters he seemed to miss was. I mean, that would have funny. been r- really funny if if they'd got back two two and then suddenly mm-hmm. we scored a winner like that. I mean, that would have been brilliant. So, but before getting to some player performances, I did want to ask you all this question, and it's how much does this result put pressure on Cooper um, as expectations have risen this season, quite evidently, because people keep going on about the crowd this season, and I mean we've played. F- four games at home against opposition that aren't really there to shout about in all honesty. But to me, atmosphere doesn't win you games necessarily. It doesn't make player make mistakes either if, if you're all behind them. But I am interested to know everyone's viewpoint. So I'll start with you, Reese. Um I think you from an atmosphere perspective, like you said, Adam, you look you can kind of take away Sheffield United because we have got that rival with them. But you look at Brentford, Burnley and Luton, there's not you know, there's nothing really between us and them, is there? I'm not going to disrespect them clubs, but um, you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, and, la- and last season, the atmosphere was always probably going to be at that high level because the novelty of his first year back in 23 years in the Premier League. So it was always going to be, you know, that when you've got all oh, Manchester United coming for the first time in 23 years, but then now we've played them, what is it, four times in the season last season. That novel, that little bit of novelty is going to wear off. So, 
And the problem is as well, this media narrative has been built and it have had, you know, the city grounds, incredible atmosphere and Mullen Tire, which is superb, as we all know. But, you know, every game isn't going to be absolutely electric for 90 minutes. There would, there would have been games guaranteed last season what we won and the atmosphere wasn't amazing. It would have been OK and we won the games. I mean, like I said on my Twitter a few weeks ago, you know, it's like we never won a game when we had 15,000 under Philippe Montagnier in the championship with, you know, people who couldn't even be asked to turn up, just rocking up, just out of loyalty, really. So, um, the pressure on Cooper, it's, again, it's a bit of a narrative, isn't it? We, we've kind of said it on this pod as well, that Maranakis is a hiring-firing kind of guy, but he, he, he's back Cooper so many times when, especially last season, when the media, again, created this narrative who's going to get sacked it must have been at least two maybe three times last season he was basically we were all waiting for the news on talk sport and sky or whatever you listen to and he's going to be gone so yeah i mean <laughs> i can't imagine yesterday's result would have gone down too well and to be honest that is the only way i felt for the bloke on the radio after because if he had come out and said oh i balls it up i don't think that would have gone well with the powers that be so I mean, yeah, it's, it's no one in five, isn't it? And you look at the last three home games with two being promoted clubs and I think Brent, Brentford were a bit injury-ravished, weren't we, when we played them? And then you look yeah. at the then you look at the fixtures coming up where you're going to Liverpool away, which is going to be vastly tough, as we know. Villa seem to be scoring for fun at the minute. I mean, they've won 4-1 again today against another European team in West Ham. Then, obviously, West Ham away, where, you know, West Ham weren't very good last season. We absolutely got tanked there. And, you know, Brighton at home, I think, after that was the one we did win at home last season. But we was a bit fortunate, in my opinion, for that game because they'd just lost that FA Cup semi-final against United. So, you know, the next four against teams are all, all in Europe. So, <laughs> the tough, tough game. And, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for Cooper. But, you know, this is what, like, like Lee said with social media, and just because you've got a criticism against the manager yesterday doesn't mean you all of a sudden you want him to be sacked. You know, I still, still fully behind the bloke, and I still love the bloke for what he's done. And there will be people out there, fans will say, "Oh, that you're being sentimental about him," which they might get to a point. Um, because in my generation of being a fan, we've never had a bloke like him as manager. But we're going to have to see, aren't we? That that. You know, you take one game at a time in this league. I think was it um, you or Christian Adam? Where what was it? You three is it one game, three games away from a crisis in this league? So yeah, Everton fans. Um, said we're going to have to see what happens. Yeah. yeah, but the fixtures are very tough, very very tough. Definitely, um, Lee. If you've got anything to add, but I've also got like a bit of an added extra question: Is does Cooper now kind of? chuck sentiment out the window and kind of learn from this or do you think he will continue to still use Yates and Worrell in that in that vein or is he like does he be more cautious I don't know it's a bit of a tricky one You're giving me all the controversial ones tonight aren't you um, yeah, oh yeah 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 I think to answer the first question I actually think Cooper is under pressure but I don't think that makes him any different to any other manager that's not managing a top six side because in this division the incentive to remain in the division is so massive and it's so substantial. I think um, 
like I say, I agree with everything that Reese has just said in the sense of just because I've got a criticism and I think he's under pressure, that doesn't mean I want him to be. I would happily Steve Cooper sign a five-year contract tomorrow, let him build something, happy days. However, football doesn't work like that, certainly not in the Premier League. Um, Evangelos Marinakis hasn't backed Steve Cooper in every single transfer window since we got promoted to be languishing between 15th and 17th every single season. And I get that this, these things have to be slow processes. It's a tough league. It's the best in the world, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. But I do think if we'd have won yesterday, I think you look at 12 points. Everyone said at the start of the season, right the away games off, win those first four home games, 12 points, nine games, happy days. However, we're probably two two or three points behind where we should be now. Um you look at the next four games, which of those can you really see us winning? What will the confidence be like? I mean, if they carry that confidence from you know the 92nd, well, 92nd, 93rd minute yesterday into the next four games, then, well, we're on a hiding to nothing, aren't we? So it's going to be fascinating to see how we play in the next four games because this is where someone like Cooper, good man manager, everyone always talks about how he gets players up. This is where he's going to earn his money now. Um, but I do think he's under pressure just because... Marinakis is ambitious. Um, some sometimes we'll say overly ambitious. I mean, he, he spoke about winning trophies when we just got promoted for the first time in 23 years to the Premier League. So, yeah, he is a bit over ambitious, but that doesn't mean that he's wrong to want us to be doing more than, like I say, floating between 15th and 17th in a league where, with all due respect, there it's a lot weaker than it was last year, in my opinion. So, I think he is under pressure. Um, what was the second part again? Yeah. Um, does does he become more cautious in terms of using the likes of Yates and Worrell because of, of well, mainly Worrell letting him I, down? I, I mean, Yates was ineffective yesterday, but Worrell's cost us a goal. That that's the that's the, the only difference, really. Yeah, I'm going to say right now, I don't think Ryan Yates deserves any criticism really for yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. For the simple reason, I was calling for him to come on. I think he was the perfect sub. I mean, I said earlier this season on this podcast that Ryan Yates is a perfect squad player to have for games like Luton, where they're going to work work hard for 90 minutes and you need every possible player in your squad that you know he's going to match that work rate. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think there's a there's a place in this squad for Ryan Yates. That said, I do love the midfield three that we've got at the moment. And throwing to the mix that you've got Danilo to come back as well, who's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I do think maybe the time has come where even his biggest admirers have got to appreciate that Ryan Yates perhaps isn't a regular starter. However, there's definitely a place for him in this squad. As for Joe Worrell, I think we've got better centre-backs. I think Steve Cooper knows he's got better centre-backs. That's That showed, I mean, how many times since we got promoted has Worrell been on the bench? Dare I say he's been on the bench more than he's played. Um, to be honest, without without looking into that. Um, again, is there a place for him in the squad? Given that you have 20 players in his squad, right now there probably is. What I would say is you've got Scott McKenna not making squads. And I thought last season, every game he played, he improved. He's he's had errors, but now, we, now we're starting to rack up Worrell's errors. So I, I'm, I'm at the point where if Joe Worrell wasn't captain, Cooper would toss a coin every week for me to see who gets that last place between Worrell and McKenna. Hmm. It's a difficult one, Christian. If you've got anything to add, then then do so, mate. It's uh, reason uh, Lee have summed up quite well, I think. Yeah, it's. I guess the question is like if if we were to sell Joe Worrell tomorrow, let's say hypothetical situation. Obviously, I know she's signed a new contract, but realistically, where would he go? Uh, would he go to another Premier League club? Probably not. 
I really, you probably say a top half championship team. You, you actually, you probably say not top half. I get underestimated. Really, you say a top six championship club looking for top two. So you say a recently promoted, recently relegated side. You say we're now. Why? I guess the the, the thing is for me is like the the issue with Warrell is that we know he has Premier League performances in him. I mean, good Premier League performances in him. You look at Chelsea this season for a prime example, where his comfortable in the match is absolutely outstanding. The issue is he cannot be consistent. He's played him since we got promoted. We had it last season where he was really good in Nottingham, absolutely terrible on the road. If you if you looked at Joe Worrell's games in London alone and isolated the mistakes, you'd probably have about a five-minute compilation reel. He was so bad in so many of those games, especially Fulham away, especially West Ham away, and especially Tottenham away, even though he scored in that game. I remember it was him that gave the penalty away, wasn't it? We just yes, needlessly chopped that player down for no, for literally, there was going nowhere. So, Richardson, that was it, yeah. So, you had all those issues last season where he was had this weird thing where he just, it was very good at city grounds, terrible away from it. And this season, we've had it's just inconsistent again. So, again, like the thing for me is, I, I might say, Queen, what you've just said, really. I personally think Cooper is to blame for yesterday's result. He made the jobs, he made the subs, it was his decision, and that's cost us. There's no other way looking at it. However, do I want Steve Cooper to gone? No, of course, you can have it, but you can say, you know. Both things can be true. He can be uh, culpable for what happened, but equally, I do fully back the bloke and I trust him to turn it around. He's turned it around in more like serious circumstances we saw last season. So, you know, let's wait. Obviously, again, we're sort of transitioning from this counter-attacking team to see that has the ball more. There are going to be teething errors with that. And as we sort of saw yesterday, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. So, but equally, what I will say is that the players that came on like yes, Cooper got his subs wrong, but equally they didn't perform either. So it's like it's all well and good saying like, if it's tactical decision because obviously well, that was the problem because when Yates and Kuyate came on, they just sat deep and couldn't keep the ball. I think they attempted, I think it was ten passes between them, and only three of them were completed, all from Yates. So Kuyate didn't complete a single pass yesterday when he came on. And that's mm. that's horrific for a centre midfielder. That is absolutely horrific. You can see now why Palace didn't give him a two year deal when he only got a one year because. You know, they they thought his legs have gone, and yeah, he's he's now a bit part playing out of Forest at best. He's a new Kaffer, a new hype man. Great, like he won't be missed when he goes to Afcon. So, and it makes you wonder as well about one of the like a Chelsea fan, or whatever else. What what does Andre Santos have to do, the Brazil under twenty captain, to get an appearance? Like if you if you're going to give sympathy minutes to people to see the game out, why not get him on? Like mm. someone who because as that was a time where we lacked energy, we were looking on the ropes then, and he just goes. You know, if you, all you needed was one sub then in that moment in time and you know that could have given us a bit of a boost in midfield, makes us a bit busier, etc. Which probably was why he brought Yates on, to be fair. But no, I mean, I don't know why Worrell hasn't played the ball. He's just gone for the player in that situation, Radabio. And that's what's got... And like, like Lee said, it's a script tonight. We saw it with Kiefer Moore before. He returned to the Joe Worrell that looks green and raw under Philippe Montagnier. Like and you know it was you can't be carrying passions like that at Premier League level. I'm sorry, you can't. And you know I don't care what nonsense we get in the media about how these players might be like outside chances for the England squad. So do you do you watch other Premier League football to even consider these players to be Premier League level? There would have to be 10, 15, maybe twenty centre backs. I think that are English nature to be eradicated off the face of the earth for Joe Walls to even be considered to even be considered, let alone start. And he's like, oh, you know, he's one of our own. I do not care. 
Okay, sorry. The fact is, it wouldn't matter whether it's a thirty million pound signing or a homegrown boy. He's cost us that game yesterday. He's cost us two points because he's not played the ball properly. Simple as that. So, yeah, I think my patience has pretty much come to a point. We've got we've like Lisa, we've got better centre backs. We've got Omar Bamadile. We signed for eleven million pounds. You know, one of this prodigies from the EFL. We've got Felipe K. Granted, he's injured. We've got Scott McKenna, who was a player this season. We got promoted. We've got Nia Carte, who was tremendous last season, despite having seven months out. Why is Joe Worrell getting minutes? It's mm. it, you know, it, it's just baffling to me. So oh, I'm not even appreciate. I've massively like flown off on many different tangents to your question, but um, yeah, I mean. I agree with it as well. I mean, Cooper will be under a form of pressure, but we all knew that there's pressure managing Nottingham Forest regardless. It wouldn't matter with Steve Cooper, uh, Le Gay, Graham Potter, Jose Mourinho. They would all have the same kind of pressure that we're under now because that's just the nature of the football club. We, we, we are a football club, not a charity, and a very big one like that too. So yeah. it's going to happen. It's fine because you, you gave the people what they want. Go on, Reese. <laughs> just to add as well, like because I don't want people to be like, oh, you're just picking on the academy lads because sometimes they are an easy target, let's be honest. Um, you know, you've got to look at as well other senior pros. They say, you know, Serge Ore is an experienced senior pro. I mean, for what he's doing for that first goal, like we've discussed, no, no, literally no idea. Again, like I said in the previous comment, Kiate, I'm not sure what he really offers. I agree with Christian. If it is kind of a, you know, why not? It is a complacent attitude, which I think it kind of was. Why not chuck Santos in there and say, look, you've got 20, 15, 20 minutes to prove a little bit of a point. But, you know, we could, it's, it, we could have go through all the conspiracy theories of what happened yesterday, couldn't we? But I just think there was a complaint. I think the complacent subs have, have ran through the team really. And that's why we made the mistakes we did. You know, we've all said, haven't we? None, none of the subs, all five of them, when they come on, none of them looked up to speed at all. They just mm. looked like they could kind of cruise through the game and we'd win 2 0 and go home happy because the last 15 minutes had just basically fizzled out. Um, yeah, it, it was, um, like I said, the only positive was we didn't bleed and lose in the end. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Nicolas Dominguez substitution made me perplexed because he didn't play any international football yeah. and he was he was forcing Luton back all the time and we yeah. took him and Sangare off which and I think yeah, fair enough Sangare but Mangala you took two of his mates off and Mangala was controlling midfield and then and that, took both of them off it just took him took his power away basically and that's why Cooper kind of like there was the contradiction in his in his interview for me and like yeah. I said earlier that was probably the, the only time I disagreed with him um, definitely I just didn't. I just didn't get that at all personally. Uh, just like a quick yes or no from all of you. Um, this is going to be really controversial. Is will Cooper be manager by the end of the season? Someone start. No. Go on. No from Lee. Yes. Christian. <laughs> Gotta go. Maybe. <laughs> just for some maybe, continuity. Yeah. Back in the middle. <laughs> yes. No. Maybe. Don't know. Um. No, I, I still think, yes, I don't think he'll sack him just because I think it's, it's although it, would, it entirely depends. I mean, if we get to a point by December, let's say we don't, let's, we don't, let's say we don't win the next four games because everyone's going to be very tough. Let's say that happens. And then let's say we don't beat Everton mm-hmm. and we're looking a bit ropey ahead of Christmas, but from the bottom three, let's say we're only a couple of points clear or even worst case in it. With the players that we have, that would be unacceptable. And I think if we were to pull the trigger then, I don't think anyone could complain because mm. that would be, you know, what crisis. So, 
but I still do think that not even the fact that there's credit in the bank, I do think that they he can turn it round. I think he will. In fact, I wouldn't put it past us to get a surprise win in the next four games. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so hopefully Sunday, yeah, it'd be even better then. But I, 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 I also think that we're, like I said, in terms of how we're struggling transition, we're struggling transition from a team that's been a counter-attacking side that relishes being an underdog to being a team that will occasionally have to be the dominant sides. And like when we played Sheffield United, it was the same. We were good for half an hour and fell off. You know, in games generally this season, when we've been expected to do well, we haven't. Like, yes, there was a prime example. So it actually benefits us in some ways to be playing a better team, if you like, because we might actually land a few more punches. But, I, 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 yeah, to answer your question, I think he'll still be there. But I think I wouldn't be shocked if at the end of the season there was like an internal review. I think as well, just to add, sorry, but Adam, you've got to look as well at as, it, as injuries if you look at the actual team. Now, you're looking at both your wing-backs who've been signed to play forward are both injured at the minute, Montiel and Tavares. You've got, in my opinion, as best centre-back at the club, last season without a shadow of a doubt in Felipe who's not been I don't know where he kind of is Felipe. You then you've now lost Hudson Adoy who would who would start. You've lost your main strike and I know Chris Wood did well yesterday, but with the way we want to play, he's probably not right for that formation. So you so you look in there at these five players who are key players who probably all be in touching distance with starting. Some of them definitely starting as well. I mean, if that was, you know, one of the big clubs, Liverpool, etc., there'd be a media outcry, wouldn't they? But, oh, you know, oh, they're really struggling on the injury front. So that's the only kind of thing I do feel sorry with Steve is he is missing a few key players at the minute. Well, can, I, can I just elaborate as well, since we said yes or no, and I've kind of just said no and not been allowed. <laughs> oh, go on. Kind yeah. of, I, I would rather it was yes. Um but I just, I'd, last year there was kind of two or three, you know, murmurings in the media. I don't think that'll be the case this year. I think, like Christian's just said, if it gets to Christmas and around the Everton game, obviously he'll get some, he's got some credit in the bank for the next four games. We know that. So I think once we get to the Everton game, I think we play Bournemouth and Palace and teams like that and maybe Wolves, not Palace. Um, I think if we start getting dodgy results, then I think it will be a no. But I'm hoping it's a yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love him to be manager, but I've had a niggle that it's going to be a no, just purely because of what Maranakis has said in the past. But that's that's my bit. We're going to get in some player performance before we talk a little bit about Liverpool. We have got a preview for the Liverpool. Me and Christian will be talking to someone that uh, you played in a charity game with, Christian. I don't know how unbearable he's going to be, but we'll we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, so the first person, Christian, I'm going to give you is Oral Mangala, who I thought was tremendous yesterday. He was. Yeah, he was very good, I think. I felt like I was being too critical of him in the stand. I was sort of saying, like, I don't know, like, aside from the last 15 minutes, which you know, he sort of dug a hole and hit from no real fault of his own because he had no protection just there. Um, he didn't, I don't think he touched the ball in the last 15 minutes. But um, aside from that, he was, he was brilliant. That, that, that midfield three worked so well. Like, the generally thing I will say is that I felt bad for Mangala because when Gibbs White was shunted out to the wing, which I get, you know, allows that midfield free to sort of keep solid base. It allows Alanga to do what he does, but obviously it completely takes away the majority of Gibbs White's creative abilities. So you had basically Mangala and Morello effectively, effectively trying to start attacks. And that isn't really what we have them down for. So I, I did feel a bit bad from that because he was trying to probe and obviously equally he was very conscious giving the ball away. So he's, he'd more often not 
play a slightly forward pass or slightly backwards, but no, very, very good. Kept the ball very well. Um, again, has the ability. On the half turn, I don't think we've seen a player as good as him in a long, long, long time. Um, certainly not in the championship era in terms of you just know full well there's two men approaching him and he's got the ball with his back to them. He'll find a way to escape both of them and then play it off the feet. And that's a skill in its own right. He's not a midfielder that's going to get you 10, 15 goals a season like Frank Lampard's. He's not uh, a midfielder that's going to get you 10, 15 assists in a season. But he is a midfielder that will keep things ticking along. He's a midfielder that I think perhaps we maybe thought over a course of seasons what we get from Remy Freuler last season. I think that might be a fairer analysis. But no, Mangala was very good yesterday. Didn't deserve the losing side at all. And yeah, if I was him, I'd be having some very, very harsh words from some of the defending us in that dressing room after the game. So you said you said we lose, we lost, and we drew, and this is this is how bad it's made us all feel. But um, Reese, I'm going to give you Chris Wood, who I thought was excellent actually, although he did miss a hatful of chances. But you'd rather him be there than not. Yeah, um, a bit of a it was a mix, wasn't it? Because the, the two headers he did miss, I thought like Lisa did, it would be meat and drink, and he you know he did you know, Gareth Taylor from 2005 season, headed them both over the crossbar. But, you know, the first goal, the touch to go across the, the Luton defender, I'm not sure who it, um, what Luton defender it was, but that was a superb touch because that left of the defender, he either brings him down and gets himself sent off or he lets Wood go through, which he did. And and he, he took it really well, just dinked it over Kaminsky, didn't he, really? And then, as I just said, he, he had that chance didn't he right after it where literally a free header at the back post and very similar to kind of Tyro's goal against Sheffield United and I just thought you know expected the net to balls and he headed it over and then again as like Christian said earlier the the, the, the second goal he scored good ball in from Alanga but there was one in the first half where we crossed it and Aurier tried to put the power on the the header and he ballooned it over um, when it didn't need the power and that's what the difference is between a defender and a striker because Chris Wood knew that power was on the ball and he just flicked it in, didn't he? That, that all it needed was a direction. The power was on the cross, the pace was on the cross and Kaminsky, again, it beat him pretty comfortably. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how far offside the third goal was. I've not seen the highlight of the third goal, but uh, well, the disallowed goal, but um, from where I was sitting, it looked like he took that really well as well. So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You can't grumble because he, you know, like we said earlier, he scored three goals this season. He scored two yesterday. He, he should have, for me, easily have had a hat trick. Um, the problem is for me, really, is with how we want to play. He probably doesn't fit into that, but he's kind of needs must at the minute, and he's our only striker. So you can't knock him for scoring twice, can you? And really, that should have been enough, as we've said, to win the game. And he, and then he takes all the plaudits. You know, unfortunately, subs and the defending at the end has cost us. Otherwise, he'd have probably got man of the match and we'd all be sat here pretty cheery now rather than thinking we'd lost the game when we've actually drew. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lee, I know I've you've accused me of giving you some right stinkers tonight, but I'm going to give you Anthony Alanga. I thought that's the player we've signed for 15 million, to be honest. I thought he was tremendous. I know it's Luton, but you've got to give him credit where it's due. Yeah, I think um, what was impressive is that he's not been starting much, has he? So he, he probably knew that with Hudson-Odoi being out for six weeks, he's he's got a chance now. So clearly he had a bit of confidence from that. Um, 
yeah, long way to continue. I mean, he was, um, I've liked him from day one, to be fair. He's had a couple of, I think uh, Christian's hit the nail on the head before. The reason we've managed to prize him away for 15 million is his end, his end product. So I think if he can work on that, um, and the only way he's going to work on that is by playing regular. So for the next, well, the next six weeks, he's going to be playing every week, isn't he? So, um, yeah, it was a, a really good performance. The one thing I'd like to see him do a little bit more um, is replicate Hudson Adoy a little bit more in the sense of as soon as he gets it, what I love about Hudson Adoy is that he's always looking to get in that box because he knows that the defenders can't touch him. Um, there was a couple of times where Alanga seemed sort of willing to go even further wide, which it'll come. Like I say, that, that's all part of his, his end product and, and all part of his development as a as a player uh, and knowing the position where Cooper wants him to play, I guess. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think that was his uh, his best showing in a Forest shirt. Yeah, I thought he carried the ball really well. That one in the first half where he pretty much carried it from somewhere in, a, in our own half and, and got to the end and, and we still kept it. I thought that was excellent. And I mean, back, people back say, on the left as well. Yeah, I mean, people saying about Brennan Johnson, I thought Alanga carries the ball extremely well. He's He's kind of He's quite brave, to be honest. Johnson, I, I always accuse him of hiding a little bit unless he actually had the space there in front of him almost rather than going at players. And I thought, yeah, Langer had... I don't know who played right back the first half, but Cabor definitely had him on Reece toast. Burke, I think it was. Yeah, Reece Burke, Reece, yeah. Reece Burke had him on toast a few times. So, yeah, I thought he was good. And, and hopefully the more more times he'll play, the better. Christian, you want to add On the top of it, Cabore... I, again, I thought that was very clever from Luton actually they completely took away Alanga's pace element because he was roasting that fullback. But Cabore is rapid. I actually wanted us to sign Cabore last summer from Man City, but mm. um, we signed someone else instead. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Um, right, we're going to move on to Liverpool predictions. Uh, Lee, start with you. Um, I want your prediction, but I also want: Would you make any formation changes with the with? how difficult it's going to be going to Anfield and, and we're probably not expect to have a lot of the ball, but there are gaps to exploit, if, if I'm honest. But would you change anything too drastically? Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it's not I think... Back of I think, keep coming. Yeah, I think I was just going to say that. I think I think it's the. I know we had a bit of a not a disagreement, but um, we all made some good points on this. I actually think it would be an ideal game to give uh, Vlakadimas a game. Um, I don't think Turner's been horrific by any standards. I mean, some of the stuff you read, you'd think he'd thrown three in, but I just think you can't sign a goalkeeper like that and not give him a chance to prove himself. Um, and I think it might be the ideal game to do it. Um, in terms of the formation change, he might go three centre-backs. But then, if we've got any kind of intention to want to get anything out of the game, I don't know. It's difficult because we we are limited with attacking options. So, could we play sort of, I don't know, Ward and either Gibbs-White or Alanga? Um, I don't know. It's one for Cooper. I, I don't think he will make too many changes. Um I think he'll probably stick with the back four, to be fair, match them up maybe. Um, it's going to be a ridiculously tough game. I just can't see anything other than a defeat. Um, I have calmed down a bit from my prediction last night. Um, I think we'll lose. I, I'll, I'll be slightly optimistic and I think we probably will score as well. A 3-1 defeat, I think. They're just in such good form, aren't they? And their next three fixtures as well are massive because they're, they're all against, I think they've got us, Luton and Brentford. 
um, and two of the three are at home. So they'll see it as a big big chance to kind of throw down a gauntlet in the title race, I think. So probably a, a really bad time to be playing them, I think. Right, fair enough. Christian? Um, I agree. I would play uh, Vahadimus as well. I, I think Turner should have come straight out after the Brentford game. I think he's done nothing since to warrant his inclusion to starting eleven. You know, he didn't. I know he didn't have very little to do at Palace, but the one the times he was called upon, he looked very shaky. His kicking yesterday was absolutely atrocious. Like, I mean, I know obviously it just makes me laugh. Like, this is the thing we like. Some of our fans hammered Dean Henderson for, and Henderson was a much better goalkeeper than Turner is, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I I just think it's time to give him a chance. Uh, again, we just we've seen Vladimir as well. Did a great international break, said the penalty against Holland was man of the match in that game. And, you know, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd give him a try. I wouldn't be surprised if Cooper reverted to fruit at the back either. But what worries me about that is if, if Nia Carter is suddenly out of favour, that would be Morrell comes straight back in with a chance to redeem himself, which would probably be to a red card and a penalty within five minutes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not, in regards to how the game's going to go, again, we know it's going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, I agree with Lee. I think, you know, they've, they've got a great chance now to sort of like they the gauntlet down. Although I think we might, I think they've got a Europa League game on Thursday, haven't they? So we might, um, we might get a sort of slightly more fatigued Liverpool, if you like. But they're, um, they've re-energised their midfield somewhat. Obviously, they've signed really well with Graven Burke and um, Shabazz Balai. Oh, how do I pronounce his name? I think that's how you say it. Shabazz Balai. Shabazz Balai, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Difficult. I don't think we'll get absolutely hammered. I think it might just be a 2 0. I think, to be fair, Everton Everton had 10 men 50 minutes yesterday. And obviously, I'm watching the game second half in the concourse and they dealt with Liverpool pretty well. It was just they got a bit unfortunate. It was obviously a handball for the um, penalty. And then you know, they got hit on the counter, having committed everyone forward for a corner. So, you know, if, if Everton can hold them off and frustrate them for long periods of time, there's no reason why we can't. So, I don't think we'll lose badly. I reckon maybe one or two nil. I'll probably say two nil just because of the strength Liverpool have. But yeah, it's just one of those you have to take on the chin to move on. If I can, hopefully we can land a few punches. But I, I don't see it. It's, but I mean, I don't buy the notion that you no, know, we'll be like bereft of confidence or anything like that. I think if anything, they'll be eager to prove a point and eager to make up for it. But I don't think Anfield's the place where we'll get any charity. Just for context with the European fixture on Thursday night, Klopp has played two pretty understrength sides in the first two Europa League games because he's prioritised the league. Um, they're playing two at home as well. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure that. Yeah. Uh, I still got. Oh, they haven't got fire well, like, oh, Absolute powerhouses from France mm. to lose. Yeah. Reese, obviously, um, it's your turn. Do we? Do do you do? You, go with a different approach to this. I mean, last season, we actually took a lot of confidence going away to Liverpool, having scored twice, uh, unusually uh, for us. So, do, do, you, do you kind of take take that those positives from last year? Yeah, it was probably a bit of a catalyst, wasn't it, last year? It was actually a big six team we went to and actually believed we could do a little bit of damage to them because the rest, we kind of went and got rolled over, didn't we, really? Arsenal, Man U, Tottenham. Manchester City, I'm thinking of, you know, I know Chelsea are in the big six, as they say, but they were a shambles last season. So, I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at Liverpool's home record. I mean, they've only failed to have scored in one home game this calendar year, uh, which is against Chelsea back in January. The only team they've lost to is um, the little team from Spain called Real Madrid. So, um, yeah, formidable 
opposition. Um, and so that is why I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Forest. Because <laughs> there's no chance in a million years I'm giving Liverpool a win on this podcast when I'm a Forest fan. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, I'm sure the, the dads and the the older generation would, would love that. Oh, to be fair, every Forest fan would love that. But I think, for, for me, I think if we're going to get anything out of the game, we have to exploit the fact that they don't have a natural number six and Trent Alexander-Arnold can't defend at right back. So... The anger against him maybe would be well. That's if yeah. Well, and hopefully there's a pitch. and hopefully there's a braver referee that will send off Ibrahim Kadate when he makes two obvious yellow card offences <laughs> like he did for Ashley Young. I mean, where is the consistency in that? Well, um, I mean, I mean, hopefully we're all hoping Tyro's back, aren't we? Really, because he gave Kunata, I think it was last season, real tough, tough ninety minutes. I think, that I was mean, like, I think he come up, did he come off the bench in that game or did he start? No, I think he did start. Uh, right. Obviously, Tyro's got connections, anti with Liverpool as well. I'd also be hoping, really, that maybe Montiel and Tavares are back in contention. Um, and that's not a slight on Harry Toffolo. I thought did pretty well yesterday. But if we are going to play a five, maybe like you said, Adam, then you need your wing backs to be out and out wing backs, don't you? So, I mean, we've got Ole yeah, back we, as well. Yeah, so. we need we need we need some like I think it was Lee who said earlier that bench was a little bit Fred there wanted yesterday in terms of attacking options. We pretty much had. Nobody. I mean, that's why I ended up bringing on Nico Williams and playing him right wing. So hopefully we can get a few. Um, oh, Lee, Lee's had enough. I said. Hopefully <laughs> we can get um, a few plays back in an attacking sense at least. And you'd probably include the wing backs in that, wouldn't you, in this day and age? I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Lee's if... had enough. Lee's, <laughs> had, Lee's, Lee's, Lee's had, had enough. Point. I do have one slight point, um, which obviously is going on to the Kingalate thing. Oh, Lee's back. Um, Obviously, ever since Klopp came out and said that, you know, oh, we should replay the game. Obviously, we know, I think it was very clever from him because we all know full well that he didn't actually mean that. But he's put immense pressure on referees and now not upset Liverpool, yeah. effectively. And that's what happened yesterday. Can I should have been sent off on Mosin because I'm, I'm sure I would have played some part in their oh, like, decision-making as well. And you, you can see it happening already. Like <laughs> We've really been stung by officials at Old Trafford this season. We've really been like, sent off a letter of complaint. Like PGM are well going to absolutely hate so they're going to be watching that game from behind the sofa for us in Liverpool next week because if any club makes a mistake it'll be like right straight on to them so I reckon that, that could actually have an impact on how the result goes because yeah I reckon they'll be scared to good decisions either way One of my um, customers is a Liverpool fan um, as much as he's a nice guy um, and he sent me um a clip yesterday. So Craig Pawson was their referee yesterday and there was a clip doing the rounds on social media where Alisson had made a save and he kind of tilted his head back like as if he was fuming and made the save. And he was like, oh, this referee won't give us anything, blah de blah de blah And yeah, look what Everton get a red card and Liverpool get away with it. I think as well, did Klopp mention last season when we did play them that a one because of one year giving Kunate such a tough time, he was a bit annoyed with Kunate for kind of getting in a wrestling match, if I remember correctly. I'm not yeah. sure is Kunate starting think... with Van Dyke for them at the minute. Or... He did yesterday. He did yesterday yeah. and he got dragged oh, course, he should yeah. have got because he got should have got sent yeah. off. But yeah, for for me, I think there are there are places to exploit. And I mean, me and Christian will probably discuss that with the Liverpool fan on Wednesday. So that will be an interesting one to go for. But they are formidable at home. It's going to be an extremely tough game. I 
I'd love us to predict as a win and it would be so forest to have thrown away a two goal lead yesterday like we did and then go and get a result at Anfield it would just be typical so but I'm going to go for a narrow loss I think it will be I think it will be 3-1 and I say narrow because I think it, they'll score maybe in the last 10 minutes where we're trying to throw the kitchen sink at them a bit more but thank you very much for listening I hope it wasn't as negative as, as you might have thought it would be with uh, with the how we've thrown the game away. But we'll see you in midweek for the fan preview on the next one of Red Side of Trent. Uh, take care. Have a good week. Bye-bye. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.